0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. Sam is a certified psychic medium, wellness coach, and is the executive director of Grounded Roots Wellness Incorporated and is your answer to finding wellness in every area of life. Good morning, this is your host Sam Black and I am so happy to be here with you this morning. Now our special guest, she has not been able to log on yet, so I'm going to just chat with you for a few moments, give her an opportunity to log on and then we can get started. So for those of you who are new to the show, my name is Sam Black, I am your host from Niagara Falls, Ontario and this show is Grounded Roots and it's really Um, just promoting and encompassing our wellness center here in Niagara Falls called Grounded Roots Wellness. And what that is, is a space that people can come to, to find wellness in every area of your life and to find healing. And we have a variety of different services there. My end of everything is that I am a coach and a trainer. I'm also a psychic medium. And I do a lot of services that really help people connect that whole um, healing from the soul level and finding what you really want out of life. And then my partner and wonderful husband, Chris, he takes care of the physical body. So his coaching and his work is really all about holistic nutrition, fitness, and really getting moving, more movement than you would find. Um, He doesn't do weight work and things like that, but he does DVP yoga, Nordic pole walking, and different things to help you move the body to feel really good. So those are a few things that we have going on there. And of course, our most popular service that people have been really loving are our float pods. So if you don't know much about float pods, just envision with me for a moment. You know, it looks kind of like spaceship or something from cocoon and you know that's how I always saw it but then my daughter she came home from BC in the summer and she took one look at them she said well you've got to paint one pink and one yellow and put some eyes on them and I was looking at her I said well why would we do that and she said mom they're like giant hungry hungry hippos which eat humans and so, so happy when I see them so, we are so fortunate we have our guest here now, so I'll be able to welcome her on in a moment. And Butra is calling in all the way from Saudi Arabia. We're so grateful to have her come today and share her journey and share her vision. And I'm so grateful to have her join us because she offers a really unique perspective to women in business, but also just to life in general. So, Boutra, can you hear me?
1: Hi, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I sure can. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, but it's 5.30 p.m. here.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited
1: to have you on with
0: us. Can you share a little bit with us about who you are and your journey?
1: Yes, uh, my name is Bushra Rubi. I am the co-founder of uh, Aurora Hikma, a, d- a digital agency providing translation and digital marketing services in Arabic. I also will be uh, starting a podcast in a few, if in a few weeks' time, uh, to f- serve as a platform for Muslim women entrepreneurs to showcase them and to inspire other Muslim women to become entrepreneurs. I
0: really love that. I love your vision. And I really love how you're empowering others to find something that will just ignite their soul and bring them so much happiness help others.
1: Yes. Yes. Helping others. That's, that's the most important thing, I think.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, in business, being of service is really the number one criteria. Sometimes people think it's about making money, but it's really not. The first step is to be of
1: service. The money comes after. Wouldn't you agree? I, yes, yes. Because uh, I think that when you are being of service, then you're putting yourself out there, and you're attracting, um, you're attracting abundance, and you're attracting positive things to yourself, and money is part of that because uh, what I believe that money is, is it's it's a tool for us to use. We can use it in good or bad. And when we are being of service and we're kind of trying to help people, then definitely we're going to attract it to do more good. And when you try to do more good, then it's just going to keep coming back to you.
0: Absolutely, it's that whole law of attraction you know we're we're going to yes. attract what it is we're putting out into the world, and you know money certainly is an opportunity to do a lot of good with i mean certainly some people don't use it for that purpose, but it it can have that purpose for sure yes,
1: yes, yes, yes um it's funny that you talk about the law of attraction um i haven't I haven't been reading a lot of this stuff. Except recently, but we have part of that in Islam. We believe that when one person does good, it comes upon them from seven to seven hundred fold. Absolutely, I really yeah. believe that so too. I always, I always, uh, I always used to be resisting this sort of, you know, the law of attraction all of this stuff because it's all it sounds a little bit too new agey for most people and. When I actually happened to read The Secret, I actually, it resonated with me so much more than you would imagine because I realized that it's more about just, you know, universal human values and this stuff is, everyone can tailor it to your own beliefs. You don't have to like think that it's gonna con- contradict with your beliefs.
0: That's so true. And, you know, that's what I really love about. The world we live in today, you know, we can travel the world, either physically, or even virtually, like we're doing today, and learn about different cultures and adopt different beliefs that feel right to us. And, you know, certainly the law of attraction, you can find around the world, it's just worded a little differently. But essentially, you know, that whole do no harm, and, you know, attract what you really want out of life, Those are really helpful tools for people.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I know you do some translation work and you're working to help bridge um, the language barrier to make services accessible to everybody. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So uh the moment I'm working on a package called uh House of Wisdom Publishing. You're actually the first like media outlet if you call that you could call yourself that. If um you're the first person that I'm using this name with publicly. Um before that it was just in my mastermind and in the Concord Club and so that's um, really exciting. Yeah, so um Well, uh, uh, I'm hoping to launch in a week or so. It's a translation service that's mainly geared towards self-published authors who want to reach the Arabic-speaking world. So uh, what I know is that most self-published authors, they struggle with uh, marketing, and they struggle with the idea of giving up their rights to some publishing house, so they would, you know, take control of things like selling to other countries and translating and things like that. People like to be in control of their property, especially their intellectual property, and uh, we are trying to facilitate that. So we would translate the books for the authors. We would publish them on their behalf, And we would promote them for them through their own social media channels. So instead of, like, me starting an actual publishing house, I'm just me being a translation and digital marketing agency helping authors do this. We just, you know, connect them with the right people to do this stuff. Because most most publishing houses, they would rather... Uh, deal with uh, big publishing houses in the Western world to translate big-name books, or you know, books that are definitely going to bring return on investment. Because the way that books are marketed here is not the same as it's done in the Arabic-speaking world. So, uh, uh, sorry, I mean in the Western world. Um, so books are like a secondary thing it's not like the most important way to gain knowledge even though uh, there's a lot of emphasis on reading in Islam but people struggle with being able to reach authors so for example if I was a person who doesn't understand English and I would not be able to talk to so many of my favorite authors, I would not be able to, like, tweet at them and say, hey, I like your book because they don't understand me. Absolutely. The, what we're trying to do is we want to bridge that gap. So we want the self-published author to be able to translate their book, pu- uh, pu- publish it in the Arabic-speaking world, promote it through their own channels. So we would uh, create social media content for the authors so they can – directly connect with those people we would translate any things that come in like people commenting on the uh books and all that and we would you know like for example if a reader reads the book and asks a question i would translate that question and send it to the author and get the author to answer it i love that see so it's all about connecting people I believe one of the biggest problems we have in this world is we have too many barriers. Everyone puts up this barrier and, you know, let me stay in my comfort zone. I don't understand that language. Oh, I don't, I'm not able to connect with that person. Oh, that person is a bit strange. That person is weird. That person, you know, um, there there are lots of barriers that we just, you know, concoct in our heads and that, that helps spread hate and breeds misunderstanding and we kind of live in our own little bubbles
0: right and you know which is really unfortunate because in today's age we should all be able to bridge that gap and i really believe that in the world we have a lot more similarities than we do differences just like that law of attraction you're saying that in islam you guys you do have that belief of law of attraction um, yes. You know, that's one of our commonalities. It's not a difference. And I really believe we in this world have many more similarities and differences. And if people could just focus on the similarities and grow to understand the differences, it would really yeah. ease a lot of the the hurt and the anger that happens in the world. Because really those things are just based on fear and the unknown and so I really love what you're doing to bridge the gap, to open the conversations and include everyone. I really love what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, 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 at the moment, I'm I'm on the verge of launching in a week's time. I still don't have my sales page 100% ready. You know, how it is being an entre- an, entre- an entrepreneur. It's not easy. It's not glamorous like everyone thinks. And uh, I just feel like I'm on this verge of on on the verge of doing this something that is going to shatter the glass ceiling that I have put for my own self because I did not imagine I would be able to do something like this just three or four months ago. I love that. That's incredible. So everybody listening, like
0: please hear what telling us like three or four months ago, she had no idea that this could actually really happen. You know, take your passions and just run with it because you can achieve great things. And Boucher, certainly what you are going to achieve is wonderful, not just for you or your community, but really for the whole world.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to do. You know, it. Probably would be on a small scale because I'm just one person trying to do something and I just can't do a billion things at the same time. But I really, really, really hope that this would help change things in the world, even on a very small scale. Absolutely. And that's where we start, right?
0: We start as one person and certainly will inspire others to join us. I don't I don't see you as staying as one person, Butcher. I really feel, you know, um this is something that can really inspire others to join you and create a team.
1: I would love to do that. I would love so to what, do that.
0: So what what inspired you to um go into translation and um use that as your gift to the world?
1: Well, um I was raised in a bilingual home, so I always spoke in Arabic with my father and I always spoke in English with my mother. Um, Even when I was a kid, I used to be this person who, you know, I'll go and my father would call me and tell me to say something to my mother and he would tell it to me in Arabic. I would go and tell it to her in English and I'd take her answer in English and go and tell my dad in Arabic. Uh, there is this uh, running joke that I like to tell that I have no idea and no one has idea which language I spoke first because it's like both were at the same time.
0: That is really cool. That's really, really cool. Here in Canada, we have two national languages. So we have English and we also have French. And I've spent quite a bit of time in Northern Ontario And what's really funny is, you know, half the conversation can be in French, but, like, the sentence is half French, half English. You know, so I can understand it quite well, but I don't speak it. So I can just imagine you being your little self, running back and forth to your parents, and I think that's (laughs) the cutest thing ever. And what a huge (laughs) gift to have.
1: Yeah, um, speaking of French. I actually, my father is uh, from Algeria, and there, even there, most people are, technically speaking, to an extent bilingual because a lot of people know both French and Arabic. They're taught French from about age uh, seven or eight in school, and uh, then. I think in middle school, they had an option to add another language, which usually is English. But almost everyone speaks French as good as someone who is from France. So That's
0: incredible. Uh,
1: yeah, it's ironic that I, you know, I would talk to someone, I would say that I'm Algerian, and they would, oh, so you know French? And I'm like, not really. I can say a couple of <laughs> words, but no. <laughs> and then they're like oh okay that's weird so I like to think that uh, I carry this bilingualism thing in my genes, and uh, I'm fortunate to have it as English and Arabic both uh, because it's a very much needed uh, language pair compared to French and Arabic I mean Almost everybody in the world speaks English to some extent, but not almost everybody in the world speaks French to some extent.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing I wondered about being a new woman in business, have you Mm -hmm. found that there's any gender inequalities or some barriers to overcome with respect to gender?
1: Um, Are you talking about, like, in society or in my family or myself? I
0: would would say mostly in society as a woman in business, but certainly, you know, we can have family perspectives on that, too, especially if there are family beliefs that, you know, as a woman, you need to do this and you're breaking and doing something totally different. But i just love to hear your perspective on that because I know um, you know, we've been talking a lot about gender inequality on the show with business and mm-hmm. certainly some of the ladies are feeling it here in North America. And I've talked to some of the ladies in Australia and Europe and they're feeling it as well. And I just wondered, uh, are you, in, are you encountering any of the issues around gender inequality being a woman in business?
1: Well, I haven't had someone yet tell me, you know, directly that you shouldn't do this because you're a woman, in business, for example, but because um, I don't deal with clients in person, I um, usually over the phone or through the internet, so email, phone, Skype, Zoom. Uh, I do have some things that are just, you know, the general stuff that everyone uh, gets in society, and in terms of my own beliefs that I have internalized from people around me, yes, there are some things like I keep thinking about, how am I going to balance this with family and in the future kids? And I think in that there comes some uh, gender inequality because no one is going to tell a guy the same thing. A guy isn't going to think, how am I going to balance my business with my family and my kids, right?
0: No, not too often. Not yeah. too often.
1: Yeah. So I think that's that's pretty universal. We can't just say that it's something it's from the Middle East or anything like that. It's like no,
0: not at all. All
1: over the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean the generalization is that we're the nurturers, right? So, um, you know, we've got our nurturing to do, but we've also got some really important business to do too. And one thing that I'm really finding throughout the series is having an online business is really helping women with that work-life balance because they're able to work it around their hours. Certainly it does have challenges and, you know, working it around quiet times when children aren't going to be running around and, And wrestling Mm -hmm. while you're on a show, for example. But, um, you know, there's a lot of solutions out there, too. And certainly this whole technology online business thing is certainly, I think, a really great advantage. And I also love how we are seeing more men step up to the plate, too. I know about 11 years ago when we had our daughter, um, she was number five. And my husband took parental leave and I went back to work. And it was interesting how people reacted to that. Um, You know, as though he was, you know, Superman or something because he did dishes and took care of children. And it, I can remember it just blew my mind. I was like, "Wow, I've never been congratulated for changing a diaper before." Like, you know, <laughs> so, so I think more men are stepping up to the plate, and they are doing things, you know, balancing the housework and balancing children and, and all of that, so that you know we can build careers and build businesses and do so much more than what women. And I really think she was really ahead of her time she was an executive assistant um and she was a working mom like when my mom was a child she she was raised and babysat by you know family members and things like that because my grandmother went to work so for as long as I can remember my grandfather did the housework my grandma did the cooking but they both worked so I was, yeah. I'm was, i so blessed to have been raised with that example. And then on my dad's side, my grandma was a homemaker, and she was like the best homemaker in the whole world. So I really got to see both sides of the coin. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And it really empowered me to become a career woman as well. And I'm so blessed. My husband's supportive of that. But I know that that's not the case across the board. A lot of people struggle with that.
1: Yes, I have definitely seen a lot of that. Yeah, lots of people in the groups, they talk about these things. Um, Husbands, fiancés, boyfriends, whatever, partners, not understanding the whole journey of being an entrepreneur, why a woman would want to do this instead of go and just do a job and, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
1: there's certainly a lot of benefits. Uh, nice I think that you... see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say that it's nice that you talked about your grandma being your inspiration because I also have a similar story. Uh, my grandma was taking care of her family from a very young age, so she uh, left school to work and then She was taking care of her family. Then even after she got married, she didn't stop working except after they moved to here, to Saudi Arabia. Then now, even though she's in her 70s, she's running her own school. Wow. That's inspiring. Yeah, that inspires me a lot. I mean, the other day I was talking, I was recording in a podcast episode for uh, my podcast coming up and uh, we were talking about who inspired my guest and then she was talking about this whole thing about the concept of everyday leaders instead of you know big name leaders like we can always throw around names like Bill Gates or Melinda Gates or Michelle Obama or you know someone inspired me but it's the, the true people who inspire are the people who are around you, the ones who are the leaders in your everyday life, but they don't necessarily always make it big.
0: You're right. You're right. My two yeah. greatest inspirations for business would be my grandmother and my dad, and um, you know, without those two, I don't know that I ever would have developed the passion for business that I have.
1: Yeah. That's that's amazing. So
0: aside from your grandmother, who would your other big inspiration be do you think?
1: Hmm, that's that's a, that's a question that I haven't pondered on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um I've been inspired a lot lately by some of the some of our fellow Conquer club members, how they're stepping up and you know being visible and showing themselves their th- true selves. A lot of us, we try to put up this front in business that we are professional, and you know we don't show ourselves through that. Yes, we have to be professional, but at the same time, we have to be professional in our own way. so, Me being professional doesn't mean that I have to look like every other businesswoman out there. I don't have to remove my hijab for that. I don't have to put on a ton of makeup for that. I can be just who I am and be a businesswoman. I can be this person who reads too many books and still be a businesswoman. It's not taking anything away from me. I
0: love that because, you know, we're all little sparks of perfection. And I guess yeah. in society, people focus on where they're failing, or where they're not good enough, the imperfections. But if they could just remember yeah. that they were created as a little spark of perfection, they're a little piece uh, of our like
1: universe,
0: that. then, you know, they'd be a little gentler on themselves, I think. And I really love how, you know, we're so fortunate. We, we, um, Butra and I are both in the uh, Conquer Club with Natalie McNeil. And yeah. so we're surrounded by these beautiful, fabulous entrepreneurs who are just trying to be themselves and get their gifts and share share their talents. And um, so we have that really great support. And I really encourage you, if you're interested in, in going into business, make sure you have a support team. You know, all, I always tell everybody, all good coaches have coaches. And rather than looking at it from a competitive perspective, join forces to come up with some really great brainstorming because the reality is that we'll all package our gifts in our own way. It's okay if it's the same type of idea. We'll all have our own little spin on it. So it's not about competition as much as it is about empowering each other, and that's really what this series is all about So, Butra, we only have a few minutes left. So what can you tell us about your upcoming podcast before we go?
1: Well, my upcoming podcast, uh, it's called uh, The Hijabi Entrepreneur. That means uh, the entrepreneur who wears a hijab. Um, That's the headscarf that Muslim women wear. Um, The idea was born from my own search, looking for podcasts I wanted to talk on and kind of like talk about my business on for this upcoming launch. And I couldn't find any podcast that was for Muslim women entrepreneurs. And I was like, this is not right. I mean, I'm in a bunch of groups in which there are lots of Muslim women who are entrepreneurs, but I couldn't find something. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is like a sign, like you can do this, get out and make it.
0: You know, I really love that. And, you know, it's really important that people feel that they have a community that they can relate to. And, I mean, with thousands of podcasts out there, you couldn't find one. I love that you just said, okay, this isn't right. I'll just, I need to create my own. Because there are so many women who are going to benefit from your podcast. There are so many people who you're going to inspire And, um, certainly the beauty of podcasts is it's, it's around the world. It's not just in our neighborhood. So we can really connect with so many. And I know with this show, I've been so blessed to talk to women around the world. And, um, you know, I can really see that happening for you too. And what a great blessing you're going to be to those women. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know everyone can learn so much from you. Can you share with us how can people follow you or find
1: you? The best way to follow me is on Twitter at b r e b i a i, and or on Instagram at bushra dot The um you can see the spelling of my name on the uh, episode name. I don't have to spell it out again. No, I? no, it's there, and the links I, are there too. Okay. Okay. That's good. Great.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. I have really loved connecting with you and you have so many gifts to share with the world. So I'm, I feel so blessed to be able to help you and get your message out and for everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us this morning or on the live recording and feel free to share with your friends or to share with anybody that you feel might benefit from this show And if you'd like to follow me, you can do so. I have two pages on Facebook, so you can find me at Grounded Roots Wellness, Inc. The other page is Sam Black, Certified Psychic Medium and Wellness Coach. And our website, www.groundedrootswellness.ca. Thank you so much. I'm going to be back at 11 o'clock this morning, um, Eastern time, of course. And I will be connecting with Catherine Creighton Cook. And we are going to be sharing a lot more about women. women. Thanks for watching the series. I'm looking forward to connecting with you all soon, and I hope that you have a beautiful Wednesday.